When pastor's out of town, just look for the guy with the suit. He's going to be preaching. Amen. I'm telling you, you know, I walk in through those doors and right away, you're preaching, huh? Are you preaching today? I'm like, yes, yes. So I think next time I'm going to try to kind of switch it up and come in in jeans and a t-shirt and, you know, kind of surprise you all. But this morning, you know, I'm just so thankful. I'm blessed and my heart is full. My heart is full this morning. I'm so thankful for pastors that have trusted us enough that while they're away, you know, they allow us to stand behind the sacred desk and, uh, you know, to, to talk to the flock this morning. And, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to sharing with what God has in store for this body and, and the word that God has given me at this hour. You know, the Bible says that everything that's bound upon this earth shall be bound in heaven. And I believe that in, in every word that, you know, everything that we do for the kingdom of God, we will one day see in heaven. Amen. And um, this morning, um, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of John chapter 4. And um, this morning we're going to be speaking on being sowers of seed. Amen. Being sowers of seed. And got me a bag here of seed, so be ready. Um, you'll see what it's about, and uh, we'll see your reaction. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. But in John chapter 4, starting with verse 35... Before we read the word, let's pray this morning. Bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly and Gracious Father, I thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm just so thankful for this opportunity, God, to speak to your body, Lord. Lord, I have nothing to offer, God. I have nothing to give this morning but your word, Lord. Lord, and I just ask you, Father, to anoint these lips of clay, God, that you would speak through this vessel, God. God, speak to your people this morning, God. A word of encouragement, God. A word, God, that will cause action, God, that will cause your church, God, to get up, Lord, and do your word, Father. Not just hear, but do your word today, Father. Lord, I thank you for this word that you have given, Lord. I pray you anoint it, God. Lord, let the anointing oil, God, run from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, God. And let it just pour out, God, and run along the skirts, Father, of this church, God. Begin to reach out, God. Mend the hearts of the brokenhearted, God. Begin to break chains, God. Begin to uplift, Lord, and be lifters of, of, the, of the heads, Lord, of this church this morning, God. And move in a mighty and awesome way, God. Lord, I just want to lift up your son, God. God, that all men would be drawn by you, Lord, and not by what I say or do, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, you get up here and you get excited. You get ready and, um, you know, there's just something about preaching the word of God. There's a power behind it. And this morning, I want to talk to you about what was said. And, you know, Pastor confirmed it on Thursday. Because, you know, we always question. Those of you that preach know, God will give us a word, you'll study it out, you'll start to do your, you know, your, the work that God calls you to do, and then you stop and you think, but Lord, is this right? Is this what you want me to preach? And then the confirmation comes. You know, pastor ended the service on Thursday talking about the harvest. And um, here in John, 
We're going to read verses 35 through 37. It says, Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. And it's a very familiar scripture that Jesus spoke about the harvest that was white and ready. And I'm going to ask that, uh, Benjamin, if you'll display that picture for me, please. You know, several years ago, um, September 2017, there were several of us that went to Jerusalem or to Israel. We took a trip. And while we were on that trip, we were riding the bus. I mean, we were riding from city to city and just seeing the land of, of, of God just everywhere. And we were in between one city and another city. And as we were riding on the bus, we drove by and I took this picture. And this is a cotton field out in, uh, in Israel. And you can see it's white. It's ready for harvest. And you know, I, I took that picture. Immediately that scripture came to my mind. And, but as I looked out on there, there was no laborers. There's nobody there. The fields are white. They're ready. They're beautiful. You know, and, and Jesus used this to show a metaphor of what he was seeing in the Samaritan people. He says they're ripe. They're ready to receive the word. They're ready to receive salvation. They're ready to go to get a, a, an invitation into heaven. And as we were on the road between those two cities, and I took this picture, obviously there's a harvest, but there wasn't a labor. Many times when this scripture is quoted, we all get excited and want to be the one that reaps for the Lord. It's always quoted, the harvest is ready, it's white, it's ready, we're, we're ready. And you know, you take that scripture and you're like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, I want to preach the gospel, I want to talk to people about Christ. And just like that, the Lord spoke to me and said, the church has called too many reapers, but very few sowers. Too many people want to run out there, the fruit is there, they want to pick the fruit, they want to harvest, they want to work the field. But not a lot of people. Because before that harvest, before that field ever became white as snow, it was nothing but dirt. A lot of people want to harvest. The fruit, it's good. It's sweet. But not a lot of people want to go sow that seed. And this morning, it's not about the harvest. I'm recruiting sowers. God's calling sowers this morning. As I looked at this picture more intently, the Lord impressed upon me before there was a great harvest, there was a plain field. In order for that field to ever produce a harvest, there had to be sowers of seed. Today, although many of you thought I would be speaking on the harvest, that's not the case. But you could still get excited and glorify the Lord Amen. with me this morning. Amen. You know, as um, God was preparing this word, there was so much that came to my mind and there's so much that I have to share. And, um, you know, the Bible says that one plant is, one waters, but God brings increase. Amen. And, um, you know, 
the Lord just, I, I felt like this word was just going to move people out of their comfort zones. Amen? Because that's what God does. He moves people out of their comfort zones. The children of Israel got comfortable in Egypt. 400 years. Some of us, we're getting, we've gotten comfortable. But he sent a man, Moses, to kind of stir them up. And you know, the Lord showed me, he says, you know, a lot of people think that I sent the plagues for the Egyptians. It wasn't for the Egyptians. It was for the children of Israel to get up and get out. Because if Moses hadn't gone and began to tell them that he had met with God and show them the miracles and the things that God had given Moses the power to do, they would have never left Egypt. And we all know that it's true because when they were out in the wilderness, they said it was better when we were in Egypt. But you know what? God wants to stir you up this morning. God wants to get you out of your comfort zone. That means that, you know what, you may not be sitting where you sit today, but God's going to move you. You know, God gave me a word for this church because the, the whole purpose of God's, uh, God's role is to fill the kingdom and not this church. You know, and, and the other day, God was, or pastor was standing up here and he was talking about filling this church and how we're running out of room. But he didn't realize what he said because he said we're filling this church for the kingdom of God. And he says we've got limited seats in this house, but there's not a limited capacity in the kingdom. You know, nowadays we've got it all wrong. The church has got it all wrong. We're in the mindset of we need to fill this church. God doesn't want us to fill a church. God wants us to invite people to his kingdom in heaven. You know, a lot of times we walk through and if you look back, there's a sign that says there's a capacity of 100 and something, 182 or something like that. We walk by and that's, what we, that's man's sign. That's what man says that we can only bring in. But God says you can fill this house. God says that, you know, we need to make room. And you know what? God gave me permission. Too many of us, too many of us have a seat for our Bible, our purses, our phones, our cough drops, our gum, our tissue. And you know what? Amen. Start moving that stuff. Hey, God's speaking to you. God's saying, make an empty seat. Because you know what? God, get, God wants to make you uncomfortable. God wants to say, you know what, brother? That's not for your phone. It's for that soul that's out there. Because you know what? I'm going to tell you something. It's more uncomfortable in hell. It's more uncomfortable in hell. So the next time you feel uncomfortable, say, you know what? I don't want this person to go to hell. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes... If it takes me out of my comfort zone, if they're sitting too close, Lord, remove that comfort zone from me because I don't want them to go to hell. I want people to, I want this house to be full. I want the kingdom of God to be full. That should be our heart, church. You know, I was thinking about it today, you know, when, when Pastor Jerry was preaching, he says, three days after, where are you going to be at? Well, it's exactly three weeks after. Where are you at this morning? Because God's ruffling your feathers this morning. He says, you better have an empty seat next to you. I'm so glad my wife, she put her purse down. She listened. Brother Kyle put his, his Bible down. And for those of you that say, you know what, I just feel like it's, it's disrespectful to put my Bible on the floor. Let me tell you something. God gave me permission. He says, it's not about that. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. 
You're not disrespecting me. You're making room in the kingdom. And that's what it's about this morning. God wants us to make room in the kingdom of God because we've gotten too comfortable. You know, and, and, and it's funny, and some of you are going to hate me for this, but, you know, God reminded me, he says, you know, that young rich ruler came and he said, Lord, I've done everything. I've done everything. And he says, well, you've done one thing. You lack one thing. Give away everything. And God said, you know you what? Tell that church they need to give away their seat. They've done everything. They've worshipped. They've prayed. They read their Bible. But they're holding on to that seat. They're filling up that row. Nobody's sitting in their row. Amen. And God wants to fill that row. God wants you to know that, you know, I read in the Bible that it wasn't about people being comfortable. You know, when, when Jesus had services, I love it because God is, he's so humble. He says, where two or three are gathered, I am there in the midst. But it was never only two or three. It was my like 2,000, 3,000. And what's so awesome about the word of God is there, in those days, the services were standing room only. How do we know? Because we read how the friends that took their paralytic friend to church, they got to service and they're like, man, we can't even get in. How do we get in this service? And, you know, too many times we have the mentality of, 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 of men or man's emotions and saying, you know what? This church is going to get so full that people aren't going to want to stay. You know what? All you need to have is Jesus is in this house. And I guarantee you, if they see Christ, if they see Christ, they're not going to worry about sitting down. I, I pray we see the day where people are standing along those walls. I pray that we, we may see people standing. Yes, we have the laws and the fire and all that, but you know what? God's going to make a way. God's going to take care of that. We just need to trust in him that he's, he wants to fill a kingdom. Amen. And this morning, I'm recruiting sowers. I'm recruiting sowers. Because pastor can't do it himself. Brother Kyle can't do it himself. Brother Justin can't do it himself. Some of you that have gone out the streets, you can't do it yourself. We need more sowers. The fields is plain. And we need to sow seed. And this morning, I want to I wanna teach you about what God says on how to sow out in that field. We got to be prepared because you know what? When I first got saved and I, invite, I got invited to go out in the streets, I was, I was on fire. I'm like, I'm going to go invite all the Habra. And, you know, back in the day, we went door to door. I mean, literally every house we went and knocked. And it was like, man, you know, you're walking up. You're excited. You're inside. You knock. And who answers? And please, I'm, I mean, no disrespect at all. But they open the door, and it's a, a lady, she's a Catholic, and you look inside, and all you see is the saints and all that, and you just start to invite them to church and say, you know what, I believe that God has called me to, to invite you to church. And, you know, you go from house to house, and you see different things, different lives, people that are going through things, people that aren't going to church, and, and you could see it all over them, and you're just excited to share what God has given to you. And you know, you come back, and you're like, you know, I can't wait to go to church tomorrow. Because everybody that I invited is going to be there. But what happens is you get to church and not one person shows up. And you know, I felt defeated. 
But God showed me, he says, well, you didn't go to my word first, Gilbert. You went on your own. You let the emotions, your excitement get the better of you. He says, you got to learn. You got to let me teach you. You know, too many Christians don't want to allow God to teach them what we need to do to gain souls and lives for the kingdom. Because it's not just, you know, ooh, all emotion, I feel good, I'm going out, I'm going to go preach, and you go talk to somebody, they're like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. But what does the word of God say? Let's go to Matthew. Thank you, Jesus. In Matthew chapter 13, we're going to read verses 1 through 9. That's a beautiful sound of the pages turning. Amen. And the word of God says in chapter 13, verse 1, it says, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and choked them, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. The first soil type he mentions is the wayside. And in this picture, God's so good. In this picture, you see the wayside right here. There's no cotton there, there's nothing growing there, it's the wayside. The wayside. This represents the calloused heart. If you'll notice in the picture, the wayside is the dirt path where nothing is growing. These surfaces were frequently traveled on and were as hard as concrete, and the seed could not penetrate the soil. Likewise, when the human's heart has been trampled and wants nothing to do with God, it keeps his word from penetrating the heart. See, I think, I think you know, we tend to forget, and, and God is so good in, in just giving us peace and a comfort and, and a love that we experience that we forget that there's a lot of people out there that are hurting. There's a lot of people that, you know, their heart has been trampled on. Their lives have been affected by many different things. And, you know, God's not going to expose exactly what that is, but we have to know that if they're not serving God or if they're not going to church, they need God. They need to hear the word. It's, it's like, you know, we just keep walking down the same path over and over and over again. And we don't recognize that there's people that are hurting in this world that are going through things. And as the body, that is what God has called us to do. And you know what? What's so awesome is that 
that harvest is something that's seasonal, okay? Because the harvest comes after a while. It has to get watered. It has to be, you know, tended to. It takes a while before that harvest comes, and then there's a season. But sowing is something that we have to do constantly. It doesn't stop. You know, the excitement comes when the harvest comes. Amen. But then we start over again. We start sowing seed. Start sowing seed. You know, get out there and sow seed. And bear with me for just a second. And I said to you that you're going to be uncomfortable. The Bible says that we're supposed to take seed. See, the seed is the word of God. Okay? God gave me this. He says we need, the daily, we need to be daily fed to have daily seed. It comes from his word. When we get that seed, we're not supposed to be all stick it in our pocket or just kind of store it away. When we get that seed, we're supposed to. Sore wasn't all. He was like. Some of you got uncomfortable. Some of you are like. That's all right. You're on the wayside. You're on the wayside. Okay? I'll stop for a moment because I did this one time with the youth. But I did it with candy. And it wasn't soft candy. It was hard candy. It was like candy was flying. It was like hitting kids on the head. And they're like... It's just God's seed. I'm, 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 you know, I'm sowing seed. I'm showing you. And I, saw your, I know some of you were saying, well, who's going to pick that up? I'm going to pick it up. Don't worry. <laughs> We've got vacuum cleaners. Brother Willie's over here checking his head, you know, <laughs> see if he has any seed. But see, what happens is we get the seed. First of all, you have to read the Word of God. If you don't read the Word of God, you've got no seed. Just because you come to church and you listen to the Word of God doesn't mean you've got seed. You have to read the Word. And I know that's hard. I know that's difficult. I know the enemy tries to rob us of our time and our Word. I know it because I've heard it time and time again, and I've experienced it time and time again. That's just what happens, but you have to make an effort. Like Pastor Jared said, we have to be intentional. We have to intend to do something in order to do it. Okay? You have to read your word. In other words, you have no seed. You have no seed. Okay? The, the word of God is that seed. That's where it comes from. Because when you're talking to people about Christ, that word or that seed is going to surface in your life. Don't worry about trying to memorize the word of God. God will surface that word in your heart. Trust me, I've been there. 
I, I don't have a very good memory, but there's times that I've been talking to people and I've been ministering. And it's like that word just comes up. And I haven't read it like in years or I haven't read it in months, but that word just begins to surface. And I'm like, man, Lord, that's got to be you because I don't remember. I don't remember memorizing this scripture, but it just, it just, it's within your spirit that it comes out and you minister. And the word of God is just that way, you know. And God gives us here an example of what to anticipate as a sower, what you're going to confront. He says there's that wayside, there's that heart, it's been trampled all over. But you have to know that you're going to encounter that. Because it's not going to be rainbows and sunrises for everybody. You know, not everybody's going to accept it like it's candy. They're not going to receive it like it's a gift. But it's a gift. Amen? But you don't, you don't just throw the seed out once. You keep throwing that seed. You keep throwing that seed. Amen? God will cultivate that ground. He'll eventually break it up. Amen? He'll begin to, to just remove the, the, all the, the trampling that's going on. How do I know that? Because he did that for a lot of us the week of retreat. You know, we get all spiritual and we get all ready when we come to church. I'm ready to worship. I'm smiling. You know, I'm running and I'm doing everything. But when it comes down to when you're away from church... That's when it counts. Because that's when you put your faith into practice. Because it's, come, it's easy coming in those doors, start worshiping the Lord, start jumping up and down. But then you get back home and somebody's running into the back of your car. And do you get out of your car and are you going, thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. I'm so thankful. Somebody ran into my car. I just thank you this morning, Lord. Uh-uh. What in the world are you doing? Gosh, I can't believe this. Where's the Christian? All of a sudden, we forget we're Christians. But let me tell you something. Even somebody running into your car is God. It's your opportunity to plant seed. You don't know what they've been going through. You don't know what they've been dealing with. You don't know what's happened in their lives. But God somehow took that wheel and said, I'm going to run you into a Christian so that that person can come and minister and say, you know what? I got a word for you. What are you going through? You know, it's not coincidence that you ran into me because you want to surprise somebody. Just say, you know what? Man, it's not a coincidence you ran into me. This accident is not by chance. It's God ordained. See, a lot of times we forget that everything in our lives is God ordained. Good, bad or difficult. It's God ordained. I'm talking to Christians this morning because, you know what, when we come in, we get saved. It's not we're right into heaven. Everything's great and wonderful. Things are going to happen. Trials are going to come. Tribulations are going to happen. Things we're going to go through. But that's just to make our faith stronger, to build us up, because that's the kind of God that we serve. He's the lifter of our head. He's the builder up of our faith. Amen. So that wayside, that's the, first, that's the first soil. The second soil is a stony ground, and it portrays the casual heart. I know some people are going to get mad this morning. But 
Because this is where a lot of people in the church are. This soil has a very thin layer of earth or dirt on top of an area of limestone. A heart that seems open to receive, but has a wall underlying beneath that stops the word of God from taking deep root. The seeds fall upon it and quickly take root, but because the roots have, could not go deep enough to draw moisture, they wither away and die because of the heat that God puts on our lives. There's been a lot of people that have been come through these doors, came to this altar, gave their life to God, and they're shouting, they're praising, and in a couple weeks, here comes the enemy, here comes the test, here comes the giant, here comes the Red Sea, no more wanting to serve God. It's a casual heart, it's more of a lifestyle. And church, let me tell you something. Serving God is not a lifestyle. It's a commitment. It's a decision. It's a final decision. It's a covenant. It's something that we have said, Lord, I am going to serve you the rest of my day, the rest of my life. In the same way, this represents the heart that appears to be converted and grows quickly, but immediately they fall back to their old ways of living. Jesus is not saying people are losing their salvation, but people never having a salvation experience, instead having a shallow emotional experience. I'm getting ready to challenge some people. You know those that up here jumping up and down, running around the building? When that test comes, you better still be jumping up and down, saying, Lord, where are you? Where are you, Lord? I'm looking for you. And that's not to, that's not to uh, put you down. It's to prepare you, church. Be ready because the fight is on. The fight is on. You heard it. The devil knows where New Life Church is at now. It's evident He's been trying to send, you know, his little minions. And there's been a fight. And even some of you have, have gone through things. Things have happened. But God's moving. God's moving and he's testing. And he's checking to see. He's trying our faith. Is it pure as gold or is it still? Nah, it still needs to turn the heat up. Get all that nonsense out. I need pure gold. I need a faith that's pure. Because I got people out in that world that need somebody to go speak to them. Because I got churches that need to hear that he's coming back. I got people that are looking for a word. I got people that are on the verge of suicide that need somebody to come and begin to minister and change the course of that. And show them that there is a way. There is a man. There is a man who can save you. There is an ability for you to come and know this man. Young. Old. Everywhere, you know, it just, it, 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 it hurts my heart, you know. Yesterday, you know, um, Sister Wanda and, and Joe and Andy, they lost their brother Mickey. You know, we had an opportunity to go over there and just pray for, for the family and just be there. And what a blessing, you know, just to be able to be there and just remember, you know. Mickey was just such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful soul. 
You know, he's just, he was just somebody that made you feel so good. You know, one of my favorite memories about Brother Mickey is that he was, he was so focused and intentional intent on who you were. One time I was sitting back there and I was ushering, and he got up out of his seat, you know, and there's the restroom right before the office. Well, he was so excited. He's looking at me. He's waving. He went by the restroom, and he went to the office door, and he's like, I was like, it's the other one. He's like, he was just so excited. That's what he, his heart was just so full of life, you know. And that's what I love about innocence, you know, that it, it, doesn't, it doesn't judge you. It doesn't look at you. But it just sees you for who you are. And that's what God wants us to be. He just wants to look people with compassion because that's what he did when he was on and he gave delivered that the Sermon on the Mount. He says he looked upon the multitudes with compassion. He didn't look to see how they were dressed. He didn't look to see what color they were. He didn't look to see where they come from. He just had compassion because everyone needs compassion. There's not a one of us in here that could not uh, would receive compassion. We all need compassion. And God is a God of compassion. Oh, and I just thank him this morning that he knows where we're at. And unfortunately, we go through seasons. You know, we're going to experience loss and things are going to happen. And that changes the course of our heart. And this morning, church, these soils, it's a condition of a heart. And our heart, you know, we may start in good soil, but eventually it could go to the stony heart. It could go to the wayside. That's just part of life. We get weary, we get tired, things happen. We get hurt. The third soil is the thorny ground or the crowded heart. This soil has weeds that typically choke the seed by deceitfulness of riches, cares of this world, lust over other things, and pleasures of this life. Their hearts are divided and crowded, leaving no room for God. And they also, you know, they, in this picture, you can see here up front, you know, there's stuff growing here. But it's not the cotton. It's just the weeds. It tries to hide. It tries to act like, you know, yeah, I've got Jesus, I've got God. But really what's on their mind is everything else in this world. They're worried about their social status. They're worried about their jobs. They're worried about their riches, about what they don't have and would like to have. You know, we need to stop looking at what others have and start looking at what God has given us. Because it's not a competition, church. It's not a competition. We need to be in one mind and one accord. We all need to have the compassion of Christ upon those lost souls out in that world. Because daily, daily they're going to hell. There was a man there yesterday. He came from, from UCI and he was sharing with us. You know, they were talking about the plants they have there. They have, you know, they have a lot of exotic plants at, at, at Wanda's house. And, you know, Andy was just talking to him and he says, you know, one time they came and they bought a bunch of plants from us. And I guess uh, Andy's parents, they were, you know, they were uh, very involved in, in these uh, exotic plants. And this guy was a part of a, I guess, a, um, a group 
that is involved in that and, and they just, you know, that's their hobby or, or what they enjoy doing. And he was sharing that there was another gentleman and they were talking about it and he says, you know, what about so-and-so? And he says, oh yeah, you know, um, he committed suicide. And you know, my heart broke because I don't know what this man was involved with, but I know that he loved plants, you know, and he collected plants, and he was talking about how he had like an acre and a half of just plants, and he was just going to water them and, and just contain them, even though this man's gone. But, I mean, what could have caused a man to commit suicide, you know? I thought it wasn't like he was involved in some deep sin that I know of from the surface, okay, church? Not that I know his life, but, I mean, if you're somebody that, you know, just collects exotic plants, you know, I'm sure it's somebody that just, but somehow, some way, he got lost, and those plants weren't enough. They weren't enough to fill the void. We all have that void. Every one of us has that void that only God can fill. And God has commissioned us to go and sow into those people. To sow the word of God into those people. To show them that, you know what, there is hope. You know what, there is an, an opportunity. There's a, there's, a, there's a God in heaven that sees you and knows you, that nothing's by coincidence. We just have to step out in faith. You know, God told me that, you know, there's a lot of people that say, you know what, but Gilbert, I'm shy, I'm timid. And God told me, well, you need to tell those people that they need to kick out timid Timothy and shy Sally because that spirit is not my spirit. I have not given you a spirit of shyness and timidness, but of power and a sound mind, not fear. See, a lot of times we forget, but it's easier to say, you know, well, that's just not me. I'm not, yeah, I don't like to talk to people. I'm just shy, you know, I can't do it. No, well, you can't do it, but God can. God through you can. God can speak. Because let me tell you something, church, we've got, we've got sticks of dynamite in this church just waiting to be lit. I mean, there's a pile. We've got piles of dynamite sticks. But if they just sit there, they're not going to be doing anything. We've got to grab them. We've got to go. We've got to say, Brother Willie, come here. Come here real quick. Come here. Stand right here, brother. This is my stick of dynamite. Brother... You've been through losing your job. You've gone through dealing with things in your life, with your family, your marriage. Go talk to this person. Got you lit. Go. You know how to talk to them. I don't know how to talk to them. Amen. Make her feel uncomfortable. She needs it, brother. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Yes, that's what we got to do. You got to step out in faith. You got to sit down next to people that don't feel comfortable. That's what God has given us. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Kick that spirit out. You got to pray. You got to say, Lord, I know I'm timid. I know I'm shy, but they need to leave today. We need to have a spirit of Bartimaeus, a blind man, sitting on the side of the road. Jesus is coming by, and he said, Jesus! We got to have a spirit of being able to yell his name out and say, Jesus. The disciples said, be quiet. Shh. He's like, Jesus. 
I need, I need to be healed today. We need to have a spirit of confidence and boldness. The Bible says we go boldly before the throne. He doesn't say we go timidly, shy. We got to have confidence and boldness. I'm preaching to you what I've been through, church. I've used those excuses. What am I going to say? What do I do? Well, Gilbert, you can tell them about your marriage. And you can tell them how your wife prayed for you for four years. You can tell them how God began to use your children to soften your heart. You can testify to your situation. Because everybody's testimony here is a dynamite stick. Just waiting to be lit. Just waiting to be lit. How many of you, by raising your hands, have gone out on street ministry? Raise your hand. At least once. Amen. Amen. All those people that didn't raise your hands, we need to get out there once. Well, don't tell pastor I haven't gone. I don't need to tell pastor. God sees everything. God knows everything. And it doesn't matter about telling somebody that you haven't done it. I'm telling you right now, the only way that you're ever going to go sow seed is that you step out in faith. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Right now, I don't know how many go out in streets, but you know, let's say 15 to 20 people. But if we had 50 people, if we had 100 people, This wasn't just 20 people. This wasn't just 30 people. This was a lot of people. That's a, that's a very long field. I mean, it just goes way out there. Just once. Just once. I'm not, I'm not, Kyle didn't tell me, you know what, I need more people to come to street ministry. No, God told me. God told me. And you know what, brother, he told me. He said, you tell Kyle that even though he doesn't see the harvest just yet, it's coming, brother. It's coming. It may be one, it may be two, brother. Don't stop sowing. We'll start leading. In church, listen to what this man says. He's your leader in the street ministry. He knows God talks to him. So don't need anybody to come up and say, hey, Kyle, you know what? I think we should do this today. No, he doesn't need that. God's talking to him. That's the only one that needs to talk to Kyle. Amen. And he'll take, us, he'll take you out to the byways and highways. He knows God tells specifically where the need is. And brother, just keep doing it. Don't give up. A lot of times we get weary. I know because I've been there. I've been at that place where you just seem like, man, God, I, you know, I'm doing this and nothing's happening. I just don't see any results. Well, you got to wait. It takes time. You don't throw that seed and it just starts to grow right away. It takes time. It needs to be tended. It needs to be watered. You need to go back and maybe plant more seed. You need to encourage. You need to uplift. You need to talk to somebody. There's a lot of people that have been in this church. When you first started, you didn't start coming faithfully. You started one Sunday. You're like, okay, well, I'm not going to go anymore. And then another Sunday you come three months later. Happens again, but you started coming. And the seed was being planted. The seed was being planted. And eventually you, you just, the, it just clicked one day. 
And now there's fruit coming from your life. Now you can see the whitest snow. You can see the harvest. You can see the work that God has done in your life. Some of you have even gone out and invited others to church. And you're like, I, I would have never done this. This is not what I signed up. I don't know why I'm doing this. I know why. Because God has just impacted your life so powerfully that he's done a work. Getting back to this, finally the last soil is good ground. It represents the heart that hears the word of God, allows it to sink in, and is genuinely saved. These hearts produce fruit. Now after, now after this, the disciples asked Jesus, why speakest thou in parables? And he responds in Matthew 13 through 16. He says, therefore speak I to them in parables, because they see and see not, and hear and they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. For this people, for this people's hearts is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Now, Christ was talking about the Jewish people, that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. He was the Messiah. He was walking with them. He was talking to them, and they couldn't hear him. They, they didn't realize it was the Messiah present before them. So, Jesus says, you know, I speak in parables because they know the truth. They already know the truth. It's been prophesied. It's been spoken to them. They already know. So I'm going to go talk to somebody else. That's you and I. You know, I think a lot of times we forget. We forget that we weren't the chosen people. We forget that we weren't going to be going to heaven. We forget that we weren't granted or we weren't grafted in to the kingdom. Because we weren't. It was only for the people of Israel. But then Jesus arrived on the scene. And he sacrificed his life for us. See, the Jewish people already had. They were doing their thing. God had given them their law and all that, and they were going to heaven based on their practices of the law and all that. But then God was like, you know what? I'm letting everybody in. I'm giving my son because he's going to break all the barriers. He's going to defeat all the sin and death, and everybody's going to be allowed into my kingdom. And it began to open the opportunity, not for just the Jewish people, but Jesus says, you know what? I'm not here to preach to the Jewish people. I'm here to preach to those that will hear and listen. And you know what, what really just opened my eyes and just really, I mean, I just started to shout because 
the parables were to veil the truth from casual listeners and his opponents, but to those committed to following him, these parables unleashed the mystery and exploded in their minds. And you know, for me, verse 16 has always left me thinking, Lord, for the most part, everyone can see or hear. So what are you trying to tell me? And he took me to the amplified version. And I believe some of you are going to be set free today. Bear with me. We're, we're near in the airport here. In verse 16, in the Amplified, it says, Sorry, verse 13. This is the reason I speak to the crowds in parables, because while having the power of seeing, they did not see. While having the power of hearing, they did not hear. See, a lot of times we just say, hear and see. But he has given us the power, the power to hear and see, the power to pray the power to preach. See, a lot of times we think, we take those things casually, not realizing it's the power of God that allows us to hear the word. Because I can tell you, before I came to Christ and I would read the Bible, I was like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I was seeing, I see the words, I read it, but okay, this is just a big book that I'm probably never going to read thoroughly. But when I came to know Christ, I began to read that word, I'm like, Wow, Lord, wow. It just became to come life. It was the power. The mysteries were removed, and the power of his word came to me. We have the power. Justin, we have the power. And start using that power. Don't just say, man, it used the power. You have the power to go to speak to people. You have the power to go plant the seed. You have the power to go pray for people. It blessed me yesterday so much. You know, Sister Wanda, we were sitting there just reminiscing, and she was talking about her testimony to hear, because I said, Sister, how did you come to know Sister Stacy? She says, oh, brother. She said, let me tell you. She said that when she was out in that world and she was doing what she was doing, that there was a, a couple. She was in between. Her apartment was in between two apartments, and on both sides there was just strife. There was just nonsense going on. And she was dealing with things in her life as well. And she says that one day she heard the neighbor next door just fighting. And she could hear their daughter yell, uh, try, crying out to the mother, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. And it ended up people, that those people moved out. And Stacy and David moved in. And she shared that her, Stacy, David, and Pastor began to pray, began to lay hands on that wall, began to pray for Wanda. They used the power. You know, we limit God's power. A lot of times we think, you know, we've got to go lay hands on them. No, just lay hands on that wall. 
Just begin to lay hands on that wall. Maybe they're not watching, they're not seeing, but God's dealing with them, God's touching them. And God began to break that addiction for my sister, begin to show her salvation, and she began to receive that invitation. You know, my sister went over, invited her to church. She's like, I'm not going to church. She came to church. Aunt Maida, we went, and, and I'm going to tell you something. We try, they tried to plant that seed at that McDonald's where she worked. The church would go, and I'm sure she would say, oh, man, here come those people from the church. Here comes that old lady. Begin to bug me, talk to me. I don't want to hear about no Christ. Don't want to have nothing to do with you. But just kept sowing. Just kept sowing. Just kept sowing. Just kept sowing. And then Sister Stacy and Brother David and Pastor begin to water. They begin to water. They begin to water. They begin to pray. They begin to break that addiction on my sister. My sister's here today. She's in the house of God in her right mind. And not only did she get saved, but then she started to tell her sister and her brother-in-law. They came to church. They were uncomfortable because they began to say, Wanda, what did you tell pastor? What did you share with them? What did you begin to, you begin to expose us? Why did you tell them everything that's going on in our lives and what kind of people we are? But he began to preach and he just preached and he preached and he spoke to them that day and they, it broke and they were so mad. But you know what? They realized that God was talking to pastor and that just began to break. And they're here today. Amen. You don't realize the power that we have. It's not our power. It's his power. You know, the word power in Spanish is poder. But it also translates into be able to. God has given you the, the ability to be able to pray to be able to see, to be able to hear. Because when we're out in that world, we're not just supposed to be going doing our own thing, you know. We need to be listening. Because there's somebody that's hurting. You may be sitting at that restaurant. You may be sitting there. And the people next to you need to hear God's word. They need somebody to encourage them. They're going through something. Our ears need to be open, church. We need to be listening because we have the power to hear exactly and hear from God and say, God, what do you want me to go say to this person? How do you want me to approach it? You know what, church? We need to stop being embarrassed and afraid of praying for people in the public because that's the power of God. Nobody's going to say anything to you. They might even come over and say, will you pray for me? Kick that spirit out. No shyness, no timidness. Go out there and, and conquer this world for God. You know, when the church started, that's what they did. The Bible says that God added to them daily. They started with 3,000, and daily he added to them. And what I loved, it says that there was not a feeble one among them. What we receive here in this church is so that we're not feeble, but that we're built up, that we walk out of here. And as we go, go to our jobs, go to the store, go to wherever we go, we need to be 
mindful. We need to be aware. Because God's speaking. He's speaking to every one of us. But a lot of us, we're not hearing because we're not using the power of God. Because there's so many hurting souls. How do I know? Because it's happened to me before. One time we were at Blaze, me and my wife, we went and just went to have dinner. And we were sitting there. And there was a man in the line. And God was dealing with my heart. And God said, you're going to buy his dinner. I'm like, Lord, are you sure? He says, yes, I'm sure. I said, but Lord, does it look like he needs me to buy his dinner? He said, that's not what I asked you to do. I didn't ask you to try to figure out why I want you to buy his dinner. I said, okay, Lord. I just began to pray. God, just give me your discernment. Give me your, to see exactly what you want me to see. And he got in that line. He began to put it in his order. Went down the line. You know, I want this on my pizza. I want that on my pizza. And he got to the cash register. And I said, when he gets here, I'm going to get up there. I'm going to go buy his lunch. He gets up there. And he walks. And he goes to the restroom. He doesn't pay for his food. So now I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? He says, I told you just to go buy his dinner. I said, okay, I'm going up there. So I go up to the cash register. I say, Hi, uh, you know that gentleman that just ordered the food? I'm buying his dinner. I'm buying his food. And she was like, why? I'm like, just because the Lord asked me to do it. Said, okay. Paid for it. He walked out of the restroom. He was getting ready to walk out the door. Oh. <laughs> I ran after him and I said, sir, where are you going? I just bought your dinner for you. I just paid for you. He said, what? I said, yeah, God told me. God told me to buy your dinner. And he just stood there for a few seconds. He's like, why? I said, because the Lord loves you and he sees what you're going through. And he says, but why? I said, because he gave his one and only son to die on that cross for you. Specifically for you. And he couldn't believe it. He was in amazement. Walked back in. Picked up his pizzas. I sat back down with my wife. Finished our dinner. And as he was walking out, he came over and he said, thank you. He said, thank you. I was buying dinner for my family and I forgot my wallet. And I felt embarrassed that I wasn't going to be able to pay, so I just walked out. Church, don't ever dismiss when God's dealing with you. Don't brush it off. Because God's talking. God's speaking. He's reaching. He's all. He's looking for sowers of seed. Not just harvesters. He wants sowers. This morning, he's calling each and every one of us. Now that I've shared with you what God's word says, I want to prove it to you. Becky, come on up here. Everyone knows that Becky and I are the youth pastors here at this church.
And back in 2007, Becky started leading out the, the youth group. And just grabbed some of that seed. And she just began to sow it. Go ahead and sow it right here on this field. And as she sowed it, there was nothing. She started with two youth, right? Two youth. She kept sowing. 2008 came. God called me. And here we go. Me and Sister Becky are just sowing seed. We're sowing seed. We're sowing seed. We're sowing seed. We're sowing seed. And Lord, just begin to add. Just begin to add. At first, we didn't see anything. We begin to walk. We didn't see anything. But here comes some, some young people. Here comes Sister Noemi. Sister Noemi, come up here, sis. Come up here, sis. God began to bring young people that needed the Lord. Sister Noemi, when she got here, love you, sis. I hope you're not embarrassed, but I'm going to make you uncomfortable, okay? Because I love you. But she came to the youth group. She was a teenage single mother. She was a hot mess. She was. She would come in, you know, she'd leave her, her son Adrian, she'd leave him in the nursery, and then she'd go to youth group with us and just begin to, we begin to sow seed. At first, she never thought she would graduate from high school, but we kept throwing out that seed, and she began to receive that seed. At first, she wasn't receiving it. She wasn't believing it. She didn't want to do anything of that, but she began to receive it, and she began to step out in faith. And she began to believe God. And she began to claim that she would graduate from that high school. And God, God came through. She graduated from that high school. So excited. She came in with her cap and gown to service one day. And she says, I'm going to prove it to you that my God has exists here. And he has listened to my cry. We kept sowing. And we kept sowing. Not only did God help her through high school, she's got a lovely family. She's got a wonderful husband, lovely kids, growing up in church. I'm showing you the fruit, church. I'm showing you the fruit. Now she's in the nursery. Look how God works. Now she's helping in the nursery. And says, I believe that God's going to send single mothers that you can minister to and say you know what don't give up don't give up because I was like you I came here alone with my baby but I'm walking with God now and I've got a husband I've got children I've got a home I'm serving God and I'm walking with him and he's walking with me Maybe troubles and tribulations but I'm walking with God and each day he's teaching me something new and he's strengthening me, and he's showing me, and he's raising my household up in the name of the Lord. So, sis, I want you to know there's a power. I was talking about that dynamite. You're dynamite, sis. You're dynamite. You have a testimony for those single mothers that you can tell them there is a way. There is a way. Don't give up. Just keep coming. 
Just keep coming. Leave your baby here. I'll take care of your baby like it's my own. You go into that service. You listen to the word of God. And God will begin to minister. Amen. I'm just so thankful. And then God began to call others. Kyle was in our youth group. Amen. Come on up here, brother. I'm just bragging on God this morning. I'm bragging on God this morning. Because it's not me. God just laid on our hearts to sow. And I want to show you that as you sow, the fruit's going to come. This brother started to come. And I can tell you, there's probably a time he didn't want to serve God. He just wanted to race cars. He wanted to burn rubber. He wanted to go to the junkyard while he's supposed to be in school. Nothing to do with God. Came through that youth group, we began to sow. We continue to sow. And said, Kyle, God's got a calling for you, brother. God's got something in store for you, brother. God's going to use you as a leader, brother. And just begin to minister. And here he stands today. He leads the street ministry. And you see some of the fruit that's come in. It's happening. But there's going to come a wave. I'm telling you, there's going to be people standing along that wall. <laughs> We're going to begin to shout his praises and say, thank you, Lord. People are going to sit next to you, make you uncomfortable. Thank you, Lord. I thank God. I appreciate this young man because they could have done anything. They're the pastor's kids. They have to serve God. No, they don't. No, they don't. Cameron was another one. Yeah, you see him up there now. He's on fire for God. I saw that a long time ago. <laughs> I saw that a long time ago. But there was a time, there was a period, a season where he wasn't going to want to serve God. He said, I'm not going to serve God. I'm going to go do my own thing. Get me a job, make a lot of money, and get out of this place. Do my own thing. And God started to deal with him. I didn't know this, but God was dealing with him. And we just sowed. Becky and I just sowed. We just sowed. We just began to sow seed. And we didn't see any results. We didn't see the fruit. We didn't see what was going to happen. We just were saying, you know what, I'm, we're, we're trusting God that he's going to bring it forth. He's going to bring it forth. And he began to. He began to as he slowly began to peel away. And Cameron just, man, that, that, that young man is on fire for God now. He's on fire for God. I'm just so thankful that he's up here leading worship like he should be. Because there was a period of time he wasn't leading worship like he should be. He had that timid Timothy and that shy Sally. But that voice now, boom. Powerful. Powerful. Here comes Brother Justin. Come up here, Brother Justin. He said, I want you to high-five me, okay? I high-five me. And God started to, this young man was only in our youth group one year. We sowed seed. We sowed seed. God just gave us a love, Becky and I, for these young people that's like, you don't even realize, you don't even know. You know, we'd have events, we'd do things, and we just pour into these young people. Not knowing that there was a call in their lives. That something great was going to happen. Just bragging on God this morning, church. 
just showing you the results, just showing you the reality that when you sow, great things are to come. And they have and they are. And God has moved in such a powerful way, such a powerful way in this young man's life. It took a while. But like I said, the harvest doesn't come right away. There's a season. And you know, it's like the Lord knew. Because during retreat, God just began to show me. You see Noemi. You see Kyle. You see Cameron. You see Justin. You see Teresa. You see your son Benjamin. You see your daughter Alex. <laughs> they were up here praying and we were worshiping God. And you know, a lot of people were wondering, well, Gilbert, why weren't you? I was just sitting back. I was just rejoicing. I was so happy to see others working the altars. Because there was a moment in time where there was just a few of us that were shouting, that were praying, that were down here fighting the devil. But now it's the fruit. The fruit is down there. And they're fighting the devil. They're praying for people. They're bringing people through. They're shouting the praises of God. And I'm just so thankful for the seed that was sown. Sow seed. Sow seed. Let's stand to your feet this morning. And this morning, God's dealing with some people. God's talking to you. In Hebrews 4.12, the Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any crea creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open up to the eyes of him, the whom to, to we have to do. The Word of God is powerful. It's powerful. The Bible says it's like a two-edged sword. It cuts going in and it cuts coming out. But we got to use that. If it just sits there, it's not doing anything. You got to pick it up. It's like Jared said, you got to grab, you got to see it, you got to grab it, and you got to cast it. And this morning, I'm calling sowers to the kingdom to fill the kingdom. Not to fill this building, to fill the kingdom of God. You know what? God's going to take care if we are busting at the seams. God's going to take care of it. We worry too much for God. We worry way too much for God about when and how. Let's just let him do it. Let him do it. He'll take care of it. He does a better job than we do. Amen. And this morning, as you've received and heard the word of God, God's given you the power to hear and see what's going on in this house. And this morning, I'm just going to ask. 
that if God has spoken to you, God has spoken to your life, that you come up here, and I'm going to ask the fruit that is up here to pray over you.